Hello and welcome back to part two of our interview with Daniel Elrod, Todd Goldner, Jeff Perlman, and Adam Gilbert. Hope you enjoyed part one. You're going to totally dig part two. Before we get there, one last plug, and I promise this is the last one. OJ90 is this weekend. Tomorrow night, all men's event at North Shore Wellness and Sports, formerly Joy of the Game. And Saturday night, of course, at the Westin, North Shore, Chicago, 7 p.m. Tickets are available at the door, and we can't wait to see you there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be legendary. And you should be a part of it. If you love camp, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably love camp enough that you should be at this party. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Also, just a little warning, we're going to be on hiatus for next week. Since the party is this weekend, we're not going to get a new podcast out this weekend, but we'll be right back after that and back to it. Uh, 100 down and starting on the next 100. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the That's a game that I hate to lose And I'm feeling the strain Wasn't there like a warrant out for your arrest because of renting a video? Oh yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah <laughs> That's a great call So for one of my stunts I, uh, we were, you know I was following suit with the, the theme of the era of rewriting lyrics to musicals and all the Disney shows. So I went to Jabberwocky. I don't even know if that's still there in town. Jabberwocky was was the local bookstore. There's still a thing there. I don't know what it's called now, but yeah. Jabberwocky. uh, And I I rented uh, The Lion King on DVD because we were going to do a whole thing on The Lion King for for stunt night. And, you know, the stunt sucked. uh, Not the point of the story. And a few months later, I forget to return the DVD. A few months later, my I get we get a, a notice in the mail in Highland Park saying, uh, "County of Violets versus Daniel Elrod for for for, for, uh, for larceny of the Lion King from the local Jabberwocky." Wow! The charges were dropped. Um, you well, knew you some s- lawyers in your family to take care of that. You guys settled out of court? Is that how it works? Uh, we, we settled out of court. Um, but I, that, that was pretty comical that I was, uh, I was sued by Vilas <laughs> County for stealing the line. Well, Eagle River is a one-of-a-kind place. And you mentioned what Steve's you'll do for house. Night. Steve's uh, house. So you guys now, when you go visit, you're there. I, I hear in touchy t- subject, but but uh, yeah, sometimes I even, we some are. Some people are either trying to politic to get their name on a room and things like that, I've heard. I have. Um, there's, there's plenty of rooms now. <laughs> uh, what's it like to come up and be sort of tourists in the Eagle River camp area? What's that experience like now, as opposed to your camp? Like, you know, you're not staffmen anymore. You're coming up as visitors. You're coming up as For a few tourists. years, it was like, great. We'd go up. We knew everyone. Todd was still on staff and Zach Mursky and Josh Gilbert and some of those kids that we knew were still on staff. Sure. Now going up, it's a little bit different. Um, 
I went up with my wife this year. I was actually visiting, but it's still cool because there's maybe like 10 kids who were like, you were my coach when I was in cabin one. And now they're like the fourth year SCs, but you know, they come over and hang out and you meet other kids and it's, you know, it's, it's still fun. You're still there. And even though you don't know as many people, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting being removed from it and seeing it as like an outsider, but still wanting to be a part of it and sit on the week bench and watch games and whatnot. As far as camp goes, so I ended in 2009 on my 13, like, official years, and luckily I started to go on BPS the following year. I'm still doing that, so I've literally slept in a cabin for 20 straight years. This was my 21st. So for me, just going up there, I just see camp as, like, a second home. Yeah. I mean, obviously the interaction with, like, you know, Denny and, uh, you know, upper staff and the younger guys and whatnot. Like, you know, there's like Jeff said, there's some guys that you remember, of course. I was there a little bit later, so some of the guys are still there. But for me, just going to visit, it's just like heaven on earth. It's just like whether you know the kids or not, getting up there, it's just like that bliss, that this fun, you know, you're on the week. As much as camp changes, like the courts and this and the Muscle Beach and the uh, art, uh, arts and... Arts and crafts. Yeah, all that yeah, sure. It's the same place. Diamond One, the, you know, the week bench. Everything right. is the same at camps. When you get up there, it's like you move houses as a kid, you know, three, four times maybe. You don't have like a steady house. Ojibwa doesn't move. It's still, mm. it's an Eagle River, same spot, 4040 Ojibwa Drive. And to me, I've always like really valued that as the fact that that's like a second home or like I hope forever it'll be there. But just that. It, so when I do visit in session, obviously beyond the BPS, yeah, it's a little awkward, you know, like there's these kids that are like, oh my God, he's on the prep when he's out drinking and this and that. So, you know, there's just that fine line of being like, you know, this is like a weird kind of like, am I old? Are they, you know, this whole thing. But to me, just getting up there is all that matters and enjoying just being at camp. And like Jeff said, there's always a couple of guys that are still around that you can hang with sure. or kind of reminisce and do all that good stuff. So I'll be, you know, I'll try to be at camp every year as possible. Just keep going because it's the best place ever. Right on. And I kind of have a unique perspective on this. My uh, whole family really went to camp. My dad went to camp. I was going to ask you to give us a little bit of that. Yeah, so a little bit of background. My dad's great aunt and uncle are Pearl and Al Schwartz, who started Ojibwa. So I'm related to a ton of people at camp. People would come up to me in camp, say, I'm your second cousin once removed, and I have no (laughs) idea who these people are. It would happen to me all the time. But... What my family does all the time is we, my whole, it's like a family reunion. We come back for a week every year. We Gilbert, rent, it's called Gilbert Week. The Elrods who have a house up there now affectionately, I think affectionately, call it Gilbert <laughs> Week because we really descend on Eagle River in full force. Sure. I mean, there's like 35 Gilberts that come up here. This is a family reunion. Can I put it in perspective real quick? I'll let, let Adam finish Please. his story in a second. The, the, to feel the force of Gilbert Week, you, you're sitting at our house and you, you're sitting on the dock at our house, and all of a sudden you see a pontoon, and then you see two jet skis, and then you see a speedboat just coming in. But also you have a, two cars pulling in and, and a couple bikes, and it's Gilbert's just, just descending all from all Boom. angles. <laughs> and, it's just, and, it, and it's Gilbert week. So, I mean, for what, kind of what's unique about my family is that Ojibwa is just part of our extended family. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll be, we're having Hanukkah dinner. We're doing it a little late this year. I'm going there after this. And Ojibwa, without question, they will ask me about 2,000 questions about this interview today. It is such a part of my awesome. family. And it continues to be. And we go up there once a year, and it's, can you get the time off this year? you got to make it up to the Eagle River Week this year. So it is a huge part of my life. Both my brothers, Josh and Nathan, went to camp with me. 
cousins. I can't start listing everyone now, but <laughs> nice. I mean, there's a million Gilberts that are part well, of Ojibwe. So Sonny Howard is your, is he your great uncle? He is my great uncle. He is awesome. my dad's father's brother. He was a pretty early git on the podcast, and I didn't know anything about him or any of his history. And then he comes, he's like, oh, yeah, I owned Agawak for a while. And then he starts talking about his history. I was like, wow. And then, and then I'm putting the pieces together. Oh, Gilbert, I should have noticed. Ah, and put all the pieces together. And so he's, he's actually had two appearances because uh, when I went out to Arizona, was it Arizona or Palm Desert? Maybe Palm Desert. Maybe California, you saw yeah. Palm Springs. He was, yeah, they have a house out, out there. there. So uh, he was at Bob Holub's, and Bob had this other guy, Jerry Weinstein, were all there. But Sonny, because he had been through it before, he was kind of telling the other fellows, listen, fellas, it's going to be how it's going to go. You guys will be funny and all this stuff. <laughs> I was like, thank then, you. Howard Gilbert is actually how Adam and I are, are related. Uh, Howard's uh, late wife, Barbara Gilbert, um, who, who just passed, uh, is my mom's aunt. Ah, um, so okay. Adam and I have always had that d- sort of cousin through marriage uh, relationship. Which nice. Is so we have the same Uncle Howard or Uncle Sonny. I, my side of the family calls him Uncle Sonny. Daniel's call Uncle Howard. Ah, yeah. nice. And so, Whatever you need. Anything yeah, you need in, to share with the group? classic Todd Goldner fashion, he's sitting here checking the lines on, on different <laughs> games right now on what his phone. What is going on in the game, As we're, as we're sitting here getting deep about the Gilbert family tree at Camp Ojibwa. I have nothing to... The, the Gilbert know. influence doesn't hit him as hard, apparently. I have nothing imp- no input on the Gilbert family. I'm not a part of that whole crew. So. You know, family for... I mean, piggybacking off Adam, I, I, my fam- family is everything for me at, at camp. Um, I, it goes way back. My both of my grandfathers uh, were count, were campers at Ojibwa. My father was a camper counselor at Ojibwa, and now I, and I was a uh, camper counselor. I was at post camp. My my cousin was a is a was a camper counselor. Um, yeah, well, me and Jeff didn't have any family who went to Ojibwa, so there. Uh, actually, my uncle and brother both went to Ojibwa. God damn it. Well, <laughs> Did they? Whatever, I'm yeah. the only golder in history to go to Ojibwa. That's my Steve. family. Oh, really? Yeah. You're the first generation. First generation. Yeah. Golders You're just for starting years a trend. Going to starting Ojibwa. a trend. Sure. Starting. <laughs> awesome. Let's yeah, talk about the Kawaga game. Let's talk about some great stories. The best story we've ever had was when Kawaga was coming to play us on the trail. We had a two games in A and a B squad. Lake. Let's give a little context. Wait, what, little, what year is this? Yeah, 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 a little right. context. This is this is our last year of being counselors. Campers. Campers. Campers, Campers sorry. Okay. It was 2003. And at this point, we were really politicking to play other camps and sports. We would always have the Menominee game. But for some reason, Denny would refuse for a long time right. to play Kawaga. And I'll give you backstory that there were years and years and years where other teams wouldn't play us, and then and he was then he was like, well, fine, fuck you, we won't play you then. That's right. it, and done. And, so, and it was Menominee that kind of broke the thing. Then he held a grudge? Brought. That sounds so weird. It's so weird, <laughs> right? <laughs> we really wanted Kawaga, so too. It took, it, we really wanted Kawaga because we had a lot of guys our age who were good athletes over Friends of Kawaga, ours, too. Friends of ours. So it, it took a long time for us to finally get Denny to to agree to set up the Kawaga game. So it, it, it finally happened, and it was we were hosting it under the lights uh, on the lake courts. And so, all right, so I'll just jump in. The, the night before, we had a social, I believe. So the guys who were at the social were still on site. So we had this like ro- great crowd going. Mm-hmm. All the kids were allowed to watch. We had the DJs going oh, up. that's right. And when the kids, the, the Kawaga kids first arrived, this is a moment I'll never forget. Oh, yeah. So Phil Lubin, great basketball player. We all grew up with him, played, you know, high school, middle school, whatever. 
great basketball player, and they he was like their guy. He they needed him, otherwise it was dead in the water, which they ultimately. Who I, I could add to the story? I just Ross Perlmutter, another good friend of ours. Shout out to Ross. He just told me this. <laughs> Phil Lubin was not even a camper that year. He flew they, off. No, we knew yes. that. To play in yeah. that they game. Flew, no so, one had seen him yet. He's, he's actually his, his father camp. admitted that for sure on the they podcast. Flew that they flew him up for, for so the we game. We love Phil, a good guy, everything, but he flew up specifically to play in that game. Right. They walk into fourteen yeah. to like embrace, say like, "Hey, what's up?" We like a mob. Search oh, screen, yeah. get the fuck yeah. out of here. We're <laughs> blasting music. Like, this was like a gang war. We were in a circle, like, jumping up and down. Like, Breger had a boombox yeah. out. Yeah. We're getting hyped up. I remember seeing Ross Perlmutter, who Adam just mentioned, yeah. who's our good friend, one of our best friends Still. to this day. And he walks into cabin 14, and I remember just looking at him, and we're all like, get the fuck out of here. His, smile. his <laughs> face. Yeah. He was and it was right on. by the hot tub at the time. It right? was, yeah, right 14. by the hot tub. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. we. It was the atmosphere was just electric. electric yeah. We our year started this thing for for cabin games where we would all wear throwback yeah, uniforms yeah. to nineteen right. nineties basketball players. That we we hundred percent started always. that. Even against Manali. Uh and it, we were all wearing our jerseys and Kawaga's wearing their like you know their authentic uniforms and it, it's just the the. Oh, it was just the best. So they're all excited. They Phil. think they got Phil. They were A and a B team, right? So our A and B teams were both stacked. Dan's touched on how good our year was athletically. Right. We were only playing people from our year. Right. And Kawaga brought our year, the year younger, and the year younger than that to put together their best teams possible. So they bring in Phil. He's dunking in warm-ups. Zach Muser. Zach Muser. And there's an A and a B game. And... The A game, they just light these guys the up. It was a massacre. So, they so killed them. It, it was like a 60-point game, maybe? Like We absolutely So Phil Lubin, them. just shout-out to Gilly. Phil Lubin came there with every intention of dominating. He may have had four to six points at the most. We shut down tremendously. I mean, our sixth and seventh men were better than their first and second guys. I mean, well, our team was, it was Gilly, Phil, Jeff Nathan, Phil... Me, Jeremy Kaplan, and Kitness. Yeah. Was our was, was and Goldner and Goldner Thanks, like bro. out of control. <laughs> Shout so out we Todd went, Yeah. So we went. So that was a. We went top Can't seven top. there, and then our B game basically was like some of their good players our age, but then it was like Zach Muser and these younger kids that were really good. And the B game's the story. This is where yeah. it was like me, Scott Bagan, James Jacobson, Scott Nitzkin, and Zach Sampson. That was our okay. five. Who outside of, of grit on that team. outside sure. of real gritty team outside That's, of yeah. outside of Lubin we we beat that A team like we're we end up be, winning this game by probably twenty points but that game was stopped twice Denny walked on the court twice and threatened to cancel the game it was so physical James threw a punch at a kid a I remember getting a rebound and turning and elbowing this kid so hard that. They stopped the game, and I got bear-hugged from behind by, I think it was Scott Matazar, one of the counselors. It was like, everyone was getting in fights. Well, the fight would break out on late court two right. in the B game. In mid-play in the A game, we'd run over onto court two, because <laughs> yeah. these are our yeah. cabin mates. So these is Ojimo versus Kawaga. we got to yeah. get in there. We're blowing them out, then all of a sudden, Denny's running there, and they're throwing fists, and we're like, okay, let's go. Then we get back to our courts, they're playing, and then it happens again. There, was were, there were probably three big blow-ups. Where Denny it was, threatened to cancel. Denny was going to cancel the game. The game. 
Yeah. And they, we kind of cooled it down. We that blew was, them out. That's one of the most memorable. We had a lot of good ones. A lot of inner beat, camp one, like where we were 13ers and beat 14. Yep. When we were first like year JCs, points. we beat the 14ers in basketball. We had a lot of good games like that. Those two Kawaga games going on side by side, that's one of the best memories Absolutely. ever. Our camp. cabins never lost a. This was, that was just a very memorable experience. What else? Great camp story? The one you guys say. There's, there's a lot, lot of podcasts. There's a lot of off the record ones. Yeah, I, we have a lot of off the record ones. That's for sure. A fun one just to throw out there was uh, Alrod was an easy target for Trojan Spartan. Oh. And uh, I think Lodi and Snower and everyone was all in on, uh, you know, giving it to him good. Sure. So, well, yeah, so the well, funny part of the roast is that, you know, Trojan Spartan roast, uh, it, the Trojans are lined up, the camp is all standing up. Um, Trojans on one side, Spartans on the other. And then uh, for Lodi goes, for when it gets up to me, he goes, everyone in camp, please sit down. This might take a while. Right. Well, right. and the thing was, Todd and I were Trojan generals with yes. Elrod. Like, we should not have been helping right. write this bashing of Elrod. <laughs> but we had no problem. You know, I, I like touched on it earlier. Sometimes Dan was an easy target. Sure. Um, sometimes, you know, we all are. There are a few stories. Dan and I would prank each other pretty good. There's a few that are, you know, we'll leave off the record for right now. But one good one we had in Cabin 14 was... Me and Matt Baba and Matt Breger, we uh, we had one of the nurses write a letter so that it would look like it was with girls' handwriting, and okay. we had to write a letter uh, to Daniel from a, a girlfriend. We're like 16 years old, sure. You know, just confessing that she had cheated on him, and we, you know, the mail came that day, and we left it on his bed. We used to do a little stuff like that. Sure, that, you know, <laughs> there were a lot of those. I thought you were to tell, along with Daniel and girls, the cell phone story where you changed the name. And oh my phone. god, that's a that's good story. Great. That's a good one. Okay, we can we can tell, and if Dan wants a cut, we can cut it. So, <laughs> similar to the to the letter writing story, yes, Daniel had done something to me. We were co counselors in cabin three in two thousand six. Okay. I don't remember what he had done to me, but you know we used to prank each other a little and do stuff to each other. So, yeah, I took Daniel's phone and I changed uh, my phone number to be his ex girlfriend's name. And I was texting him for like a week, you know, hey, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm coming up to Eagle River. You know, I want to see you, all this stuff. And he's sure. texting back and forth with her. And he never calls because he would have gotten my voicemail. Right, and he's texting with her and he's, you know, should I take my day off? Should I get a hotel room? What should I do here? I think he did end up taking a day off, but not actually using it. The day before she was supposed to come, he finally called and realized it was me just fucking with him the whole time. There was an epic meltdown. There was a pretty good meltdown. Daniel ran. I saw Daniel come out of cabin three. I remember I was sitting out by cabin 12, and I just remember him storming out of the cabin with his cell phone, storming across the campus towards me, and was like, yeah, I got you, man. I think in general, we're just a goofy cat. We did the thing to Cutchin. I rode a Pony Express to Cutchin one time. (laughs) I had had pretty good handwriting, so I guess came off as, you know, I guess female or whatever. And uh, I wrote Cutchin a letter, like, he's amping it up, like, hey, you're really hot. I really like you, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then, like, signed off, eat shit and die from the whole cabin. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and me and Zach have grown up since, like, two years old. Sure, so this of course. Is the same yeah. kind of dynamic brothers. Just having... So Cutchin goes from, like, really excited to cracking up, but, like, obviously a little defeated there. But that, that we, were all, eat, we were all in on Eat that. shit and die, love the whole cabin, still is said by all of us to yeah, this we day. Still, we still <laughs> say it. Nice. Uh, you guys were the first cabin we did a Cabin 14 movie with, right? Um, Zeke, were we right. the first? The one? original one was Zeke, Samson, with Samson and Zeke, me, right? Sam, me, Samson, and Bagan. I was the narrator, sure. and uh, I guess what would that be like? Uh, co, co-star. 
Sure, why not? Co-star. Zeke. And, uh, me Top billing. Co-star, yeah. <laughs> sure, whatever you want to call yourself, man. <laughs> and, uh, no, that was fun. Yeah. I think Samson got the... the, that the was, I mean, he was primarily... Samson got the done. worst of it. I mean, he was running around that Right, he had the, wor- the he had the hardest job. The worst yeah. of it, but I would say that no, that went a long way time. for his, like, legend. Exactly. Sure, sure. Like, he would, that, that was we, a big moment for him. I still watch it on YouTube once, so I'm going to crack up. He's <laughs> hilarious. It's funny. Because the best part is, like, in one scene, it's like five guys talking about a plan, and then we're running through the woods like four different people. So there's a lot of inconsistency. Oh, absolutely. Sure. But, uh, no, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a good experience. I don't know if fun. I'd say a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty well been Directed the, the and probably pretty well edited. Was great. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to see. If you go on IMDb, you might see some. It was the first there. one. It was tough. No, it was, but it was, but, yeah. that, that was also like a lot of fun. And again, it was me working with Samson, which right. is that was another big you bonding with our cabin type right. of yeah, thing for so, sure that yes. year. Yeah. Yeah, and I was super excited about that because prior to that, it had been Frank Levy would come up and do a play during the second oh, four, yeah. who you guys may remember, sure. and uh, and I pitched this whole thing because I knew how much they paid him, and I was like, listen, <laughs> give me a bonus of half of that, and I'll shoot a movie with these guys. They'll have more fun. It'll be awesome, and I'll get to hang out with them. More. Yeah, I think honestly, I think people enjoyed watching those movies better than going to the rec hall and oh for sure watching a whole performance. And plus, we still have them now. Like like you right, said, yeah, you know, all of them YouTube. are basically all of yeah. them are on YouTube. Sorry, so. Frank Levy. <laughs> yeah, hope you're doing okay out there. Anyway. <laughs> um, great stories. Any other left in the? Ch- I mean, I know we shot yours there's early. Yeah, we there's a was, there, was there one that was saved bull. up? Todd, Todd did get attacked by a pit bull. We're at uh, we're outside. Uh, was that zingers at that point? We or were we were not. A my camp. story starts too. So tell your zingers story. Uh, so we're no, it wasn't zingers, was it? I, I think it was. Yeah, it was zingers. Okay, it was zingers. Yeah. So we're outside. Again, Todd doesn't know where he is. Yeah. So we're, we're at Zinger's. We're just doing a typical food run pickup. Jason Shape had a really very severe swollen ankle, like a bad sprain. So he's in there and crutches in the car. Frankel and Carr run in to get a... Um, Danny Frankel and Danny Carr run in to get the food. I'm just standing outside the car, and a pit bull just out of the woods comes up, stares me like dead in the eyes, and I guess I could have been more you know relaxed, but I panicked and like ran. He caught me. Took a chunk out of my leg, rushed me to the emergency room, and then like I'm screaming like every kind of like obscenity like related sure. to like Jesus and like all this type of stuff, and you know your river is not you know very Jewish, right? So and I'm, so the only thing I remember is like once like I like things wore off, they opened my curtain, and like the entire setup for the office is like literally three feet from me, and I've been screaming like you know I'll leave the swears off, but I'm screaming like a maniac. I felt like, oh my God, I'm, so, I'm like, I'm so sorry if I offended anyone. The whole summer, <laughs> the whole summer, I'm walking around with a chunk out of my right. Room. I'm in the shower house applying this stuff, crying, like screaming. These like Kevin tours, like, what's going on? They're like terrified. <laughs> it was a whole, whole, whole experience, but we got no rabies. So we never caught the dog, so I had to get rabies shots all sure, summer. Sure, of course. Which is, was, was exciting going to town every two weeks or whatever it was. Well, and, I'm uh, glad that worked out. Still got the scar. Kids never. It's a, lot of a good story. Kids like don't believe me, do believe me. So yeah, got attacked by a pit bull. Gilly. So my story at Zingers, I think Statue of Limitations is run on this story. It's nice. a little controversial. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll preface it with that. So we were at Zingers, and this is our last year camp. So we're second year SCs, and a lot of the first year SCs we were really close with. It's my brother's age, Josh's age, Zach Mursky. To me, that was my favorite year of camp, and we were second. It was our all last year. It's not Todd. You went a few more years, but like our group really was our last year. Yeah. Correct. So I, I think it was our. It was definitely 2000, second. 2007. Second four towards the end of camp, 
you always hear these stories about the old timers at camp, like these pranks they would do, or the legendary stories, like sure Steve Katz used to climb the yeah. uh, the light pole or the whatever the pole was. You know, absolutely the big uh, light tower, the moon tower. Yeah, right. Like uh, you're taking people's beds, you're putting them out on the raft. You hear all these pranks. Sure. And we wanted to be legendary. We wanted our own. That was our big thing this that summer. I'm, this is where I'm the idiot. We wanted our own this legendary one? prank. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to say anyone's names. I'll, I'll tell you sure. what happened. So sure. we're sitting at Zingers. We're coming up with ideas. We're spitballing. What can we do? We got something legendary. That was the word. We kept saying legendary. To this day, we, the, the people that did it, when you say legendary, we know exactly what we're talking about. Okay. So we make the decision that we're going to go to Triggs and we're going to buy as many fireworks as we possibly can. This is I, the same guy they put in cabin 13 because of his responsibility. Right, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so our plan was, so we, we go to Triggs, we get all the fireworks, and we drive. If I remember it correctly, so, so Todd, you can chime in here. So I was not a part of this. I, I understand. Uh, I know, trust me. You were the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, we park on by the far fields, like in the, the, as you're going into camp, that long trail. Sure, of course. The road, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, out on the road, sure. So we, we hike through, through the far fields, through the middle fields, get onto the campus, right in the middle of the campus, on the pitcher's mound. It's 4th of July. We light these fireworks off. This is uh, really risque stuff at camp. Absolutely. Fireworks, you know, Danny, Lodi, they're, they're coming for you. Sure. So we got to run. We're booking it. So we run after we light off all the fireworks. We're sprinting from the campus to our cars that are still at the far fields, and we're going to peel away. And we probably had a few beverages that night, so sure. running from the campus to the far fields was not the easiest of Right, in the dark. Admit, right. In the dark. But Todd, you can chime in here. So this, this is, is our my... cover for the whole thing. You know, unintentional cover. What were you going to say? Well, this is like my super counselor year. This is like I didn't go out that much. Like the whole BPS thing. Like these guys were, you know. They... Todd was like a total kiss ass this summer. Well, Todd, sure. Todd made a huge transformation from being first, the, the worst, the worst counselor right. to being the best. First BPS award. Like winner. if Todd saw Sandy, he would like go out of his way to make sure he was picking up garbage and throwing it out. Like that as, was Todd. As if that's a horrible thing. Well, for do it when she's not around to. I did. Okay. Wow. Anywho, so I'm in bed, okay, in cabin, whatever. Don't ask me which cabin. And uh, these guys are, I guess I was out of this prank. Sure. And I hear these fireworks. So like, I think I was like, maybe, I don't know what my position was, but like, I run out there, like, I'm ready to fight like townies and going crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on. Sure. I think I woke a couple guys up. It was on. It was on. Like, this was like really happening. And, uh, camp is under attack by counties. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Someone's at the, I don't really remember. To me, this turned into a big thing at camp. I don't know if you remember this. Yes. We had meetings about this. Oh, yeah. This, This was very serious. Yes. So, Todd, I think you, you, I saw, I don't know what you said, but Todd was like the eyeball witness to this thing. Yes. Right. And Todd made this, it was the townies. I saw them running through the parking lot. <laughs> I know it was townies. I'm convinced it was townies. And I'm just sitting back. I go, Todd, you've never been a better friend to me in my entire life. <laughs> and they didn't, say, they didn't say anything. Of course. They didn't tell me. Right. I have so, not broken my silence on this. This is breaking news at Campbell Jimbo. This is a Campbell Jimbo History Project exclusive. I don't know, after the summer or years later, whatever it was, but. 
They held that all the way through the summer, yeah. and I had no as idea. I recall, I remember you specifically being like the guy in the meeting who's like, "No, we have to get to the bottom of it," like yeah. because you felt so passionate about being yeah. the guy who ran out and right. whatever you did. Right. But Todd yeah. was the best. He unintentionally <laughs> saved that group, the legendary group. Of the the, the whole legends talk that was our theme that summer. That like my speech at Warrior Night was about legends and Redefined, redefining yeah. and revolution. Like we all took a day, day off and we greatest. called it the legendary day off. Like everything about that summer we were talking about being legends because we knew like that was it that was our last summer um that was so much fun. do you feel like you succeeded um well, we did got, s- none of us got thrown out no i meant in becoming legends no one got thrown out and there's there's summer. stuff that we can't well that's true but there's stuff that we can't really talk about but <laughs> but i think we did some legendary stuff sure. that's for sure yeah, I mean, I know some legends are brave. They have a lot of heart, for example. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Too soon. Uh, well, I will say, uh, as we're sort of wrapping this up, uh, and I've said this before, but I will say it to you guys, that uh, you guys, being my first Cabin 14, were incredible. Uh, you know, I would not sit here and say you're my favorite Cabin of all time or whatever, because I've had some great Cabins, but I will say that you guys were really tremendous. Uh, you were a group that... I will never forget because we had an awesome time together. You guys broke me in to being a big boy counselor, and 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 you know a lot of that stuff that happened. That was the year that I really became an Ojibwe guy, and so that sort of transition for me is the reason I'm still here now, and the reason that I have half a dozen microphones set up in my living room. You're you're welcome. So you guys are awesome. (laughs) Listen, take it. That's what I'm saying to you. So thank you guys for being awesome because it was a great group. Uh, And And in all seriousness, no, we were talking about Horseshoe and Quagamanomany. The fact that you're doing this in camp's history, I really think is what separates us from the other camps. So kudos to you. This has been awesome. I've listened to almost all the podcasts. And honored to be a part of the the whole thing here thanks for yeah. inviting yeah. us I think yeah, the whole thing like this is all like legendary and like us we're all like best friends we always like, consider ourselves the yeah, wolf pack we've all been best friends since we were little kids and we're best friends because of Ojibwa and our, all of our other close friends like these guys were the groomsmen in my wedding like that's you know we're all still really tight because of Ojibwa and the Ojibwa thing like goes on I just hired a kid because he went to Ojibwa well that's he's awesome. good enough but sure. I, you know brought him in because he went to Ojibwa definitely gonna you know give him the best promotions nice. because he's Ojibwa it's a brotherhood right <laughs> And so it goes on like that, and you're really you know, keeping the torch that, going. Yeah, that's what's all about. HR's probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Who, who's the kid? Uh, Joey Shapiro. Oh, he's fine. Yeah, he's great. He got his first kiss on stage. Kid's a ringer. He got his first kiss <laughs> on stage. Story. Yeah. I put him in the thing, and I was like, this is how it goes now. So all the plays now end with a kiss. Because I know that if I end it with a kiss, then no one cares about what, how shitty the play was. Right. All that matters is a kiss. Everyone's going to be talking it. And he had never kissed fine. anybody. So I should talk about this in like the Monday morning just, sales kickoff meeting tomorrow? You should tomorrow? just ask him about it. should bring this up. Yeah, ask him if he's ever performed on the Ojibwe stage. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, so that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for your time. This has been amazing. Uh, any last words? No, thank you. Thanks for having us. This has been great. Thank you. Camp Ojibwe is the best ever. Peace and love. <laughs> Uh, yes, Legends 07. Sorry about the fireworks, Tony. So that was the end of the show, but then we just kept hanging out and talking because we don't all get together very often. So I certainly don't get a chance to get together with these guys very often. And we probably talked for another, mm, I would say at least 45 minutes off the mics. And then they wanted to get back on the mics to cover some stuff they had forgotten. But uh, mostly because we'd had a situation where we reached a lot of controversy. So here you go.
All right, so we're having a little conflict here in the studio, and it has to do with the discussion of post camp. Um, Todd Golden, please tell us your experience at post camp. Never been involved with post camp, only pre camp, so I can't speak to post camp whatsoever. But I know my best friend Daniel Elrod and Adam Gilbert have very extensive experiences there. So I'm going to pass the mic over to them so they can share how beautiful of an experience that was for them. Daniel, I'll let you take it. Perlman, would you like to just if, explain if, what's if happening in the I room right now? I would like right to now? just tee this up. I'm not sure if this will make the podcast or <laughs> when this will make the podcast, but we've been off the air for about 20 minutes telling sure. the inappropriate stories that we couldn't tell on the podcast. Of course. And there was just a blow-up between Elrod and Goldner over whether we should go back on the air and talk about post-camp or not. And Daniel was really passionate. And so let's see what he's got. He better have some good stories. Or, or I apologize I, to Elrod. I should let him speak his piece. Please tell us about post-camp. Uh, please apologize to mine and Daniel's families as well. The Gilberts and Elrods, full apologies. I would love to hear about post-camp. Please Post-camp, go. Goldner lo- no longer has a room at the Elrod house. I, in never, River. I, uh, I never did. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I never did. There's only one person who has a room named after him, and it's David Lakin. It's the David Lakin room. <laughs> For now. I know there's some politicking in process right now. but uh, uh, So post-camp. Post-camp, big part of camp. So, so, fun, so fun of you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what a coincidence you bring that up. Uh, so, Daniel, did you come to – and Adam, did you come to post-camp at all? That's so, fun. you know, every year my family, my extended family would go up. This was kind of, I talked about earlier in the podcast about how we go up for the reunion. Sure. It really started with post camp. That was our family reunion. We'd go up to post camp. And the Elrods were always up at post camp with us. Look, I, you know, my first memories of being in Eagle River and at camp was because I went to post camp. Sure. It started when Adam and I and Scotty Bagan were one and two years old. Um, and we grew up at camp for those for that week in August, um, and it was it was great. You know, post camp is centered around water sports. Camp is centered around land sports, and you know you find out early on what what you're interested in. I, I and I, the thing about post camp is that you develop a connection to camp long before uh, you become a camper, and I thought that sure. is something that is very unique. Two of my best friends, uh, I. I Pretty much, you know, our, I met Scotty Bagan at post camp. I have a video of us singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" for the talent show. Oh, very nice. And, and speaking of the talent show, I think that is when, and this was in the late '80s, early '90s, is when Denny was at his in his prime. He was so good with the kids in the late '80s and '90s, doing snipe hunts and talent show, and being so involved. And it, it really. Uh, left the lasting impression of, of Denny in, in our young minds as, as kids. Yeah, watching Denny work the talent show at camp, at post-camp, is a much different beast than any other Denny you'll see. He's not the Denny who's coming into your cabin screaming about raping can I, people. Can I ask Daniel a question? <laughs> would he say his Ojibwe experience or post-camp experience would be better? Like how, do you, how do you compare those two? That's a, that's a fair question, Todd. I would, I would lump them all into uh, one experience, and that's an experience of of being at camp. How uh, many years after you were a camper did you keep coming back for post at the same, at both? Uh, I pro- I think I went to, so I was a camper starting in 96. And I think I was doing post camp until two, 2000, 2001. So a, a good chunk of my camper days were I would stay, I would watch the 
the buses leave and I would stay at camp and wait for the families to come up. And that's what I was going to say. I have very vivid experiences. It was me, my brother Josh, and Daniel because we do the first week of post-camp. So everyone would leave. And we'd be sitting there, and camp would be totally right. empty. It was a very weird and kind we of surreal thing. we thought we were so thing. cool. We would, the Coke machines were open in the counselor's lodge, and we can't get into the counselor's lodge. Two hours earlier, it's forbidden to go in the counselor's <laughs> lodge. We're going to cabin 14. The, bu- the, buses, sure. the buses leave, and we're in. The only thing that I would want to say is, obviously Daniel was taken as a young child by his family. Through his days, he stayed to post-camp. What would be a beautiful thing is, congratulations, Daniel already is engaged. He's getting married next year. Miles or this year. And uh, I hope to see that he has a family one day and continues his post-camp experience. So it's not just this whole, I was kind of, you know, embedded in it. Just I want to go out there by myself and then he can show his family how how amazing post-camp is. The podcast is taking a weird turn. Uh, Todd's like trying to take digs at all right, I think, but they're they're that was they're, like, they're, they're not nice Todd, things. That was very they're weird. Thank you very He's much. trying to be sarcastic. I think. Right. Well, meaning he didn't go to post camp after he fell off. Fell off. Well, I never fell off. Well, I, I've, I've I've returned since 1987. I've been in Eagle River at great. camp every every single year. Why did you <laughs> just keep so running it? Off. Keep it running. That is that is. Why did you go to post camp in 2002? That is 30 straight years. Why did you go to post camp in 2002? I ask my mother. So it wasn't up to you? Correct. Donna, get him a shout will out you make podcast. the podcast. De- so Daniel, can you promise me today you will make the decision for your family wow. that you will be at post camp every time you can be? Sure. Beautiful. Yeah, we, we're, we're homeowners. Well, we can go we, we can go up there and, and hang out at post camp, and it would be a great experience to do with my family. Well, wait a second. That and won't hopefully, exactly hopefully be... Hopefully your family can... That won't exactly be post camp staying at your family's house. That's not post camp. Are you are you getting on board with it? Are you joining in? What's wrong? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, mean, as, I just hope your post camp. We're, we're still recording. I'm not done with post. I am not done with post. And for the record, thank you, Steve Elrod, who's invited me more to your house than my friend Daniel has. Wow. Uh, I just found out that I wasn't invited on the <laughs> snowmobile trip, which growing up I was always included on. Perhaps, so perhaps the heavy politicking for the room has actually put you on the outside instead wow. of the inside. I mean, I'm just saying you're playing a risky game. This is a lot of Gilbert. it's a lot of Ojibwe history. Sonny Gilbert's going to go up yeah. on the snow. Oh, that's trip. amazing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I hope you guys have the best time. But now I'm getting to the root of why these guys wanted to be in on this podcast yeah, to so begin let's, with. So let's, <laughs> let's touch on this for a minute. When we were growing up, we went up uh, snowmobiling. Okay, uh, sure. We did this in eighth grade and sophomore year of high school. Correct. Took trips up there. Thought it was like our thing. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. now it sounds like there's a trip in a few weeks. Yeah. You know, it's very busy. There's a lot of things going on with people's lives. Yeah, people Weddings, are getting, there's weddings. Like I always say, Funerals. the house isn't going anywhere. Right. There's lots yeah. of places. There's only kids on the way. And uh... Look, I, I, I was ready to do a whole snowmobile trip. But what happened? I have to go to a bachelor party now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Life gets in the way. Oh, I will probably be hosting something that everyone but Daniel is invited to yeah, I got a very super, soon. I got a Super Bowl party coming up. Uh, all right, if you're a post camp or on a snowmobile trip, sorry, buddy. Look, back to post camp. <laughs> Most importantly, don't take your snowmobiles to camp. That's like a hard well, one. Well, we are two camps. We are the reason for that's that. An, aren't but, you glad we're. Now, this is a great story, actually. So. On our snowmobile, I'm glad we're back on yes, the air. Because now, now let's keep in mind. So now, we're on a snowmobile trip. We're in eighth grade, and we decide to just go to camp and do whatever the hell we want. Sure. Drive around camp, 
we were running the bases on the snowmobiles. We were on the basketball set up a jump. courts. We set up a jump. <laughs> of course. You uh, and then, you know, and, and we're back at the Chanticleer. An hour goes by, and my dad gets a, a phone call from Denny, and Denny is furious. Yes. Um, because Scott Dommerhausen, who is the caretaker at camp, Scott. called Denny and, quote, said that... Uh, we're scratching up the basketball court and ruining the pristine beauty <laughs> of camp that he and his dog Haggis enjoy. Sure. So, uh, you know, my dad obviously uh, had to apologize profusely to Denny. Absolutely. Um, but Denny strikes that fear not into people our age, but our father's age. Oh, they absolutely. Were and, absolutely. Oh, they were shaking. And that's another post-camp story, actually, because at post-camp, we used to do something called a rib-eating contest on rib night. And None of this is making <laughs> Hi, you've been. Well, oh, hey, well, this is fine. This is hey, fine. welcome to the post uh, camp uh, history like, project. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, let's go back post to me camp, not getting invited on this snowmobile post camp trip. Podcast, everybody, welcome in uh, Daniel and uh, Gilbert. I ask my talk to my dad. Anyway, there was a rib eating contest, <laughs> right. and you know Denny and takes the. He food, doesn't love that sort various, of stuff. Right. Like it, we engaged in a very competitive rib eating contest sure and it was only a few tables over from denny and once denny caught wind of it he let out one of the loudest screams in the mess hall i've ever heard and pretty much you know my dad took the entire entire brunt for it the brunt and that is something we'll never forget you know, it's a, <laughs> this is just the minutiae of our know, group. So we like I, having fun and busting each other's we like balls. It, we do, and the, we like having secret vacations and not inviting see, people Perlman's on really, them. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, I would have maybe preferred the secret. invite, but I wouldn't have really gone. It's I think not I, an invite. I'm going. Whatever. I hit family all, and my family. I hit all with a jet ski once in like Mexico, and he won't let me go on a jet. I think that's fair. Thing, but I think you hit him with a jet ski. Perlman's that's very definitely wrong. pissed about it. I can and Perlman, you know what I have to say to you? Certainly. Adam Gilbert is a very excellent snowmobiler. God. Oh, go. I worked my ass off in prep camp, by the way. I was the only one who didn't go out. Matt Weiss went out. <laughs> I was looking under beds for kids' shoes and sure. doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. I was a great prep camp counselor, and you were wrong, and I still like you, but and you were I wrong. I was wrong for uh, Tom right. Watt. I, I mean, I still love you, and I'm sorry that uh, it caused the rift it did, but we both know that it's really Goldner's fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not unlike the, the, the breakdown of this podcast. <laughs> oh, the the, pod, the the wheels have come off. Completely Ever since off. Elrod was like, "Can we talk about post camp?" Oh, well, we, we had a great <laughs> sash. I thought we should have. Uh, we, yeah. we have a great sash. There's, a, yeah. you know. Okay. So, Todd, tell everyone <laughs> the OJ Nation how you transformed from being like, the biggest bully ever, probably ever, to step foot on Ojibwe grounds to becoming the first ever recipient of the BPS award. Well, and what were the kind of things you did to torment uh, fellow campers? I'll definitely comment on that. I think camp is an experience that grows you as a person and develops your uh, your uh, ability to you know be friends with people and do the right things. As Donald Trump said locker room talk sometimes. It happens. Well, there was kids at camp that I that whether I felt or whatever that may not have felt fit in as much or just really didn't hit that Ojibwe vibe. And uh, we didn't really mesh. You can't mesh with everybody. Sure. There's 20 kids in a cabin every year. You're bound to bump heads with somebody. Yeah. And sometimes I'd be the front man 
for those situations. I see. So you were sort of taking on, you were taking the responsibility of a situation that could have been Todd, someone else. Todd wanted to make sure that if someone didn't belong, that right. like people weren't going to be nice to them and make them think they belong. Sure. No. Todd, Todd was taking on the responsibility of weeding out the weak. Like, like, like someone Todd doesn't right. like. I see. Yeah. And someone that maybe doesn't bring much to the table, that sure. doesn't, he's not great for the cabin. He's actually defending like, himself. No, I'm telling you that. So, and, and, a wolf for the sheep. And these guys can pretend Absolutely. like no one was standing behind me. Sure. But uh, bottom <laughs> line is, footage. I didn't, uh, maybe there were some kids that were bullied, but like everyone said, things were turned around. Camp changed me. Sure. Won the first BPS award. And uh, I'm, not, I'm no longer a bully. And it's hard not to bully Alred when he's like 4'2 and like having not 10 or whatever it was. Wow, okay. Still yeah. a better athlete than you. Wow. Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you have football. You have football like semi basketball, and I have softball and basketball. Semi basketball. What do you mean? I, I can score just as easy as you can. I was better than you. Beat Gillian Double OT. I was better than you. Whatever. Okay. So All right, boys. Well, this has been great again. Okay, that is it. Another one in the books. Uh, never a dull moment here at Camp Ojibwe History Podcast Headquarters. Uh, those guys had a lot of fun and, you know, definitely left still friends, I think. <laughs> As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at CampOjibweHistory.org, or swing by the website and check things out there. Always new stuff going up. And after this weekend, we're going to have a lot of new stuff going up after uh, we get together for OJ90. That's right, OJ90. This weekend, come on out, buy your tickets at the door, come get some food, come get some drinks, and come enjoy an amazing once-in-a-generation party. Okay, that's all for me. We'll be back in two weeks. For now, I'm heading outside to have a cigar. <laughs>